Hey folks, Mad Cat here from The Balcony Show. Now if you haven't heard about Anchor, well then I gotta tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. And who the hell doesn't love free? I know I do. I mean, come on. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And talk about doing the legwork. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So we can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Cheers and be well, and keep listening to us right here on The Balcony Show. Hey, this is Don Miggs from Whole Damn Mess, and you are listening to The Balcony Show. Coming to you from the top of the Poconos, it's The Balcony Show, with your host, Ann Thatcher, Bo Summer, and me, the Mad Cat. We have searched the globe for the best in indie music, so you don't have to. So here we go, The Balcony Show. Hey everybody, thanks for checking us out and listening to The Balcony Show. Yo, you heard what she said? Alright, that's what's up. That's what's up. And you know what? I can't hear myself. There we go. Oh yeah. We can hear you. Yep, I can (laughs) hear you. I just turned you up too, because I couldn't either. So Mm. welcome, welcome, welcome. Very excited because we have Don Miggs from Whole Damn Mess coming up, an interview with them. They're going to be touring with Candlebox. What a great guy. You're going to love their music. Absolutely love their music. Fun, but fun, fun stuff. We are absolute fans here. Right, Bo? My new fave. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, but first. Do, 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 do. So hashtag, I, I, I guess, pigeon missiles? P- pigeon <laughs> Pigeon. Pigeon, pigeon missiles? Yeah. Oh did you know? Okay, there's... So, I did. I was not aware, and this just came up in my, you know, as you know, I'm on the web looking at different things. But... Cool. Be- before, different. You, before you get Don't into it... Don't go there, Meg. I gotta say, <laughs> I, I have to, because she, she says a title like Pigeon Missiles, and it's all I think of. It's been cold as hell outside. You got pigeons up there, and you know when they like to freaking poop... And now you got this fallen bird poop that could be like a pigeon like a missile. missile. It's a missile coming in. I never thought of that, but that that had nothing to do with Close this. Close your mouth. <laughs> so apparently, the government and the governments have used animals in the past to spy and for different things. The oh, United yeah. States yes, that's true. made yep. a bionic shark. They were going to try and. They were going to microchip sharks and get them to find out where um, where stuff was and or yeah. whales with cameras on so that they could watch and see. Mm-hmm. They, well, they used to train dolphins to lay explosives against yeah. the hulls of ships. Yeah, I believe that. And then they uh, the Acoustic Kitty Project, and then there was one <laughs> where they implanted. Microphones so that they could listen in in cats. The actual wiring went down by the rib cage, and it, and the receiver was in their ear. The problem was with the cats; 
they couldn't get him to stay. <laughs> cats were like, well, yeah, you know, see I'm out. <laughs> you know cats, man. They just kind of do what the hell they want. But amongst all of these things, pigeons have a long, illustrious uh, modern warfare. They were famously used to pass messages between oh, yeah. battalions in yeah. yeah. oh, World War I. Yes. And... But apparently the military service did not end there, which is something I did not know. According to the Smithsonian, B.F. Skinner, a forefather of modern behavioral science, wanted to fit the birds with homing devices that would allow them to steer missiles toward their targets. The ultimate, the idea ultimately proved fruitless. Well, you know why? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. However, the same article reports that the birds were successfully used by the U.S. military to thwart enemy ambushes in the 60s and the 70s. The pigeons were guided by laser pointers and trained to drop recording devices if they saw enemy troops. The program successfully saved U.S. troops from 45 potential ambushes. Wow. Who knew that pigeons were heroes? So now when you see them, you're in the presence of greatness. You go ahead, pigeons. You just go right ahead and poop on that sidewalk. (laughs) But who knew? I did not know. I could see why they wouldn't make, because, you know, they are a little, (laughs) you know. Oh, are they? (laughs) Just them? Yes. So, anyways. So, pigeons. Hail the mighty pigeon. Yeah. Let's get things started, though, tonight. We're going to get right into this, because we have some really great music, and I know you're going to love what they're putting down. So we're going to start with the song Nothing in the World by Whole Damn Mess. So take a listen and we'll be right back with Don Miggs on the phone right here on The Balcony Show. Oh 
everybody. Welcome back to the Balcony Show, and we are very excited because we have the one, the only, Don Miggs from Whole Damn Mess on the phone all the way from Florida. Well, yeah, almost, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm in Nashville right now. So all the way from Nashville, oh, which, oh, is right, which is right next to Florida, if you're looking at a map, and it's not right next to it. But it's close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Something like that. There are four of you in the group. You want to tell us a, a little bit about your story about how uh, Whole Damn Mess formed? Short I'll version. I'll tell you what. It, oh, my God. Well, good luck with getting me to do anything in a short <laughs> version. But, <clears throat> I will tell you this. The coolest thing about this band, it's I decided when I finished doing MIGS, was a really crazy time. We had just got offered to do uh, Motley Crue's final tour. And because uh, I had written this song that was like a heavier tune. And, and I just decided they called like, called this, Nikki Six became a fan and started playing the song. And they called right before, I think Christmas. My wife says Christmas. I say it was Thanksgiving. And they're like, can you come out and do two months starting in Canada like the day after Christmas or something. And I'm like, I don't know. First of all, I don't think I, oh, no disrespect to the band. I don't think I want to see Tommy's penis each night. I don't think that, <laughs> I, I think, and I don't think I want to get bombarded. Like Nikki was cool to even like it, but I was like, man, he hasn't listened to the rest of this band. We are going to get murdered if we go and do this tour. So something about that made me go, I think I'm done with Migs. I feel felt it felt like my um, Forrest Gump moment when he's running and he just stops. And I was like, I think that's it. And so I went home, didn't know what I was going to do. Was like, I, I'd always written so much music for different styles, from like hip hop to country, arm everything. I just loved it. And the problem I had with Migs is we were trying to be all these different things. And then my manager said, I want you to meet these two guys. And you guys can just write for other people. And it was C. Todd and Lawrence. And Lawrence used to be in the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. And C. Todd's been in a bunch of bands you would know and written songs you would know. And so they come over. And the first song we wrote was this song, Maybe We Should Do It. And it's the first song we play on tour every night. And something about that, I was like, wait a minute. This feels like the most fun I could have. And... In the next like four days, we wrote like eight songs, and one of them in it, I said, uh, "It's a whole damn mess for you and me." And I said, "I want to name a band, whole damn mess, and I want to make it a collective, not just like it's four dudes posing in front of on against a brick wall. I wanted it to feel like this fluid thing, and all four of us are writers, producers, singers. I may not even be the best singer in this band." But I, I probably talk the most, and so I get, I get the chance to be the singer. <laughs> um, and so I was like, I just want to do like music that feels like it was always here. I don't want to keep shifting styles because that was my problem always. I always was so big on making sure everyone saw how diverse I was. And with this band, we're like, we're going to do like the three songs that you heard from the new record all feel like they're like, it's the brother, the sister, and the dad. They all feel very connected, like they're one song after another. And that was really intentional to sort of like 
nail this thing. And then I said, I, they have to be the best players. And on stage, it has to be the best time. So there's six of us on stage and it's a whole damn mess because it's like, it's like a punk rock party for adults. And the video, like, the, yeah, the, right? video um, the video actually shows that. Mm-hmm. Right? It feels like a, like a thing. So I remember when we, we did the ZZ Top Cheap Trick Tour right before the world shut down. And every night, Billy Gibbons, would, he'd come over and watch. And he said to me one night, son, if I jumped off of something that high, they would just sweep me off the stage. Like, because what I do is like I get up as high as I can on whatever I can get up on and then try to jump another three feet in the air. Because I, I want it to feel, I want to feel dangerous somehow, and so like <laughs> I a, want to feel dangerous somehow. Somehow, and there's like a photo. There's are, a photo. You guys are on tour now, aren't you? We need to yeah, come well, see you guys. Yeah, we're about to go back. Yeah. No, there's about so we are doing a radio event in Vegas this month, and then there were a couple tours that we were up for that wound up not happening, which kind of sucks because they were big tours like doing the arena thing again and we're going to do this run with our dear friends that i've written some songs for and i think i'm going to produce their next record candle box which is very cool still one of the best Mm -hmm. rock and roll bands out there i mean they're so good live and we're going to do this unplugged tour and that's going to be just a blast. And then we'll see what happens for the summer. Very cool. We just had Brian. I don't even remember. We the just had Brian on our show a couple months ago. <clears throat> oh, he's such a sweet dude. What an I brought out. Yeah. I have um, um, a guitar, Jimi Hendrix's guitar from 1962. He had a uh, he had a jazz master that he played when he was in Little Richard's band and in the Isley Brothers, and I own it. And I brought it out on that tour. And oh Brian my got God! The place. Wow, so cool. <clears throat> There's a great picture of Brian playing it. It's nice. pretty badass. So, some big something. I, I know this. This is so cool. I know this. And something. I love the video. Whoever did the video for this, wow. It's good, right? It's, it's really it's it's eye it's, candy. It's, you, I don't yeah. even kind and of. And it's just a phone. Yeah. It, it just—it's yeah. it's, it's amazing that the the power of a cell phone nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know what it is, dude. I think that in the end, like I own a great recording studio and I have all this great gear, but you can't cheat people of a good song, and you can't cheat people of a good visual. So, like, we could have done a million more cutaways to make us look better, but it's like that's. Like, we're doing the dance, and that's what it looks like. And we did the song, and that's what it sounds like. And there's something about showing up and being, like... Present. You know? Real, authentic. Yeah. Yeah. No crazy hoo-ha, whatever. I loved it. You know what I liked about it? It's it's organic. And I don't mean in the sense of, wow, organic. I mean... You can see that you're having a damn good time. You can see that you're loving what you're doing. And I got to say that one of the best things I like about your music, it was like a breath of fresh freaking air with all the crud that's going on. You know what I mean? Actually, all the crap that's going on. (laughs) 
here is this. It's, it's, yeah, it's past crud, dude. Yeah, we're into crap. You know, <laughs> here is this. Here comes this music that is positive and upbeat, and the melodies. I mean, you, you're just you're there. You it takes you right down this this lane. You know what I mean? And you can escape. Like and we that, just want to come over and hang with you right, guys. Yeah, and listen dude. to you play. <laughs> I will tell like, you that's the vibe. That's the way it feels. I'm going to yeah. tell you, there is nothing better than writing songs with three people. Because there's, like I said, there's six on stage. There's really eight because two guys come in and out. So there's either Dax from Cheap Trick playing drums or Cam from Smile plays drums. It's like there are two bass players, two drummers, and they come in and out. And then there's the four of us that are constant. And it's there is nothing better then looking to the left or the right and feeling like people are holding you up in the air. There it's you go. So much fun. And it also, everybody takes damn seriously the fact that when you get up there, know your part. I mean, we mm-hmm. put it this way. I have buddies in, in really big bands that rehearse for two months for a big tour. And a lot of their rehearsing is because of the lighting and all the different things we and this isn't a brag about not working hard, but we meet at soundcheck the day of the first show, and that's our rehearsal. Because the job that I think is to be prepared to be amazing. Want to know something? Even, what? Just, just in that vein, just so you know where, where you're standing, who you're standing with, <clears throat> Paul McCartney is the same way. We had Brian yeah. Ray on. From Paul McCartney band, and and he said Paul McCartney shows up, he's prepared, he does his job. Mm-hmm. You know what Paul does? Because Brian and I are friends, and I love Brian so much. Oh, he's a um, great guy. I, we, had, yeah. I'm gonna text him after this because I love him so much. Um, I always send him the songs, by the way, before anything goes out, and he gives me comments. Um, but what Paul Six does, degrees. he does an hour. Yeah, he does an hour and a half sound check where he plays all the songs that he's not freaking playing that night and then he does a two and a half hour show where the only person who doesn't get off the stage is him so to me those are the benchmarks like like i tell the guys i want to be i want to get up on stage and make cheap trick and zt top go well how we're we supposed to follow that yeah like on any <laughs> given night <clears throat> and by the way that's the way I feel. And I'm, and yeah. that's not, I say that humbly in that I am so respectful. I grew up loving Cheap Trick. My uncle grew up loving ZZ Top. I have deep respect for the songs, the years, and the catalog. But I'll tell you this. There is nobody I don't feel we can get up on a stage with and be like, go ahead, you go next. Like, it feels like we are bringing the party but it's so loose, but it's still like we know where all the hits are. <clears throat> we know how to do it. And the idea is to write these, this whole group, this whole album, which I can't wait for people to hear. Like Mick Fleetwood's playing on the song, Call the Dogs Off. It's like all my favorite people. It's, I love the record so much. But all the songs are like the verses talk about how like even in some big something, living somebody else's dream. Makes right. you feel a little uneasy. It's this idea of like, you can just show up or you can show up. Right. And the whole thing is, I know 
it's like going to church. I know there's some big something waiting for me or nothing in the world feels better than that. And the reason why we say that is because you get to decide what the that is. Nothing in the world feels better than blank. Right. And that's what we wanted to say because So I gotta I'm gonna interrupt you for a minute, Don, because I, I gotta please, take a break I just here. Keep talking. <laughs> I got I gotta take a break here so that our listeners can hear some big something. I want them to hear it, and we'll be right back with the rest of the an- interview. Stay tuned for more with Don Miggs.
And we are back on the balcony show. So tell me, man. You um <laughs> I I saw the one video one uh on your website. I like that short film that you guys have on there. That's uh, that Redemption. Was really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was oh really yeah. Cool. That was nice yeah. work there. Also, I caught the uh, YouTube video of you doing uh, Surrender by Cheap Trick with uh, Candlebox. And that seemed like yeah. that, that seemed like you guys were having a boatload of fun on that. I just wish we would have known what key we were in while we were singing it. I mean, I wish that, <clears throat> that thing might be. We sang, I got to sing that every night with, with Cheap Trick on the tour. They would call us out and I, I would sing on Rick Nielsen's mic and it was like, I got to say, you're killing me. I'm a big Cheap Trick fan, Ben, since the first album came out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you're killing me. (laughs) Girl, I'm in. So I'll tell you what. Those were the nicest people. What I always say is, like, the people who are the greatest are the ones who have done it and don't care. Like, I could right now give you some tours I've been on and name some names where you'd be like, what? that were not the nicest people. And then the people who are always the nicest are the ones who have done it. And they don't have any reason to be afraid that you're going to take anything from them. And cheap trick, like they would just come, we would be on the side of the stage or behind Dax because Dax played drums for us and, and he's Rick's son and he plays for cheap trick. Every night they would have us up and like, I would go up and start singing surrender. And we were in, Tampa actually and my parents were there my uncles were there and I started like sort of crying because I had a couple friends from New York where I grew up fly in for that show thinking that like I grew up with them on my wall dreaming of them and like my uncle in the audience grew up dream like putting ZZ Top on his wall and that these guys were gracious enough to like pull you on stage and Billy would call me at text me at 10 a.m. in the morning, Gibbons from ZZ Top, and say, Migs, meet me over in Guitar World, and just start, like, schooling me on stuff. And there's, it taught me so much about, like, integrity and, like, being humble and, you know, humility. It was just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. So, Into the Great Beyond. Great great Unknown. Into the Great Unknown. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Into, into the great beyond. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. I'll never be sorry. Into the great unknown. Yes. Tell us about this song. This one, I cannot. This to me is like not taking away anything. I love nothing in the world feels better. And I love some big something. Into the great unknown feels like the combination of those. I was playing this riff. And we were all together, which is was great. And I'm like, uh, you know, heading out west on a road through the burning trees. And then see Todd, like, had we wanted all this imagery of like going somewhere, but not getting anywhere because you're not, you don't figuring out that you don't really have to go anywhere to get somewhere, right? And so then I think Greg just was like a scout full of wishes on a summer night. This idea of like I love your that favorite, line. Yeah, your favorite summers where you're just like, I don't know if it could get any better, but if it didn't, I'd be okay. And it, we wanted to feel like if you 
you know, if Tom Petty came back again and was like, well, how do I change into the great wide open? How do I make it be something that feels a little more, I mean, positive, I guess, in a way. Um, uh, well, that's what I, just, I, that's what I think it. about the, the running theme through all of your stuff is kind of um, that there's something bigger out there. There's something better. Keep reaching. Keep going for it. Keep dreaming. Keep doing the things that make you happy. And you're, you're presenting that and you're, and you're living it, too, on stage. So that's what's so cool to me. It's a, it's a whole package kind of thing. We and need, I can't wait till the rest of it comes yeah. forward. We need a little Don Miggs every morning in our yeah. coffee. <laughs> uh, I think I'm telling you, I'm, I'm ready to move in. <laughs> so listen, Don, I want to I wanna thank you for spending some time with us here on the show. Um, we need to tell everybody, please go buy the, buy the music, follow them. Where can they? Uh, Everything whole damn mess. Yeah, everything whole damn mess. I you just yeah. Google and it'll be right there. Yeah, dang it. Just take out the Google. Spotify, Apple, you're gonna want this yeah. music. I'm telling you. You're gonna want Thank this you. music. You're gonna wanna drive across the country to this music. You're gonna wanna drive to work to this music. You're gonna be happy while you're <laughs> Man, I'm gonna buy it now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, I'm going to bid you a good night. Is there any then final shout outs? Anybody you want to say hey to, Don? You know what? Honestly, the thing I always say to people at the end of a show, I, I, anyone who feels like they're on the edge and they're not quite sure um, what tomorrow is going to bring, just know that like, put your head down, wake up. Things always get better. They may get a little worse first, but there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, if you're going to be good, be good to yourself and be good to each other. See Don Miggs in your coffee cup. Now nah, there, there it is. We, Don <laughs> Miggs, <laughs> love it.
and hearts and hope to die Cause it feels right Like a blessing in disguise Don't you worry It's not once in a lifetime Cause we're loading on hope Loading on hope We're loading on A sky full of wishes on a summer night Welcome back to Indie Radar. This week we are talking about Spotify rates for streams, and it's really very disheartening to uh, to actually see these numbers. But uh, just wanted to give everyone a realistic view of what you're actually getting paid or what artists are getting paid for on Spotify. So just to put it in perspective, Spotify their current rate for streams is 0.003 to 0.005, roughly, that's a third of a penny. So I know all these indie artists are like so bent on, you know, getting on playlists on Spotify and getting your music out on Spotify. And of course, it's important to have that, um, you know, your music on Spotify and make sure that you're representative. I got to redo that. <laughs> okay, Indie Radar number four. Welcome back. This week on Indie Radar, we are talking about Spotify rates and what Spotify is paying artists, whether you're famous artists or indie artists just starting out. This is something that's so important for everyone to remember, um, just to give you perspective on what artists actually make. And it's really, it's kind of a terrible thing, but let's, let's check this out. So the cost per streams at today's rate is 0.003 to 0.005. And I'm not sure who gets the 0.003 or the 004 or the 005, but approximately that's roughly about a third of a penny per stream. So to put it in perspective, you need for a million for well actually for a million plays, you're going to get paid $3300. So that doesn't seem like a lot of money. And for artists to even get to a million streams is not an easy feat, especially on Spotify. There's so much oversaturation in the market and everyone is just fighting for airplay, for Spotify play, for playlists. And again, instead of stressing out about getting on Spotify and worrying about how many streams you're going to get, I think for indie artists, the best thing to do is truly focus on your story locally and grow organically from your home base. And that's how you're going to gain fans. And of course, you want a presence on Spotify, but that can't be your end all be all, at least not right in the beginning of your career. So just wanted to uh, give that to everyone out there uh, perspective on Spotify rates. And just as a side note, Apple actually increased their rate to artists, and they're going to be paying a penny per stream. So again, huge difference from Spotify, 
But again, very disheartening that um, artists are really not getting their fair pay, their fair share of pay for the creativity that they're putting out there. So next up, we have Bright Light by Neil and Adam. Check it out. show and we have come to the end of another fantastic show thank you so much to don miggs for spending some time with us from whole damn mesco and check their stuff out you're going to want to be 
having their stuff in your playlist for sure. And uh, that's all I got. You know, we got to get out of here. We don't have a lot of time left. That was a good show. Really was. Really was. Great conversation. So uh, they're coming on tour. We... We're going to be there like the rest of you, hoping to see them. So, mm-hmm. anyways, we're going to end things tonight with this. What? <laughs> I had to burp. I turned my head away from the microphone. What are we ending with? Uh, burp. I, a burp. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, the, the whole damn mess. There see, you that's go. It. That's what we are. <laughs> Take a listen. To Till I See Stars by the Parachute Brigade. Good night, everybody, from the Balcony Show. We'll catch you next week. Jesus. Chasing the wind Running in circles Ending up where I begin
and that's what's up.